This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single Podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is, Can You Scare Someone Off? Yes. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, nine facts about your clit, and why you might not be as good at kissing as you think. Oh, no. Then we are diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. And this week we've got two listeners who are worried about scaring people off if they bring up the what are we question? Been you know, there. I've you been know there. that question. I've been there. Yes. But you know what, Angela? It's just you and I this week. So what's been going on in your week? Um, you know, not so much in my week, but I wanted to follow up on a story that I told previously. Oh, God. What story is this? It's one of your favorites. It was the cannibal story. The cannibal story. Oh, my God. That I literally had nightmares about that forever. So just to refresh our listeners, Angela told a story a few episodes ago about a friend of a friend. It was maybe hearsay. Somebody who went on a date and uh, with someone they met online, went to his house. He cooked her a nice meal. Everything seems like it's going great. She leaves. Uh you know, isn't murdered, but it has like food poisoning, goes to the hospital and they tell her that it's not food poisoning. She consumed human flesh. That's is right. that is that a correct Excellent recap? Re- recap, yes. And-, and, and then they tried to track down the person she went on a date with, couldn't track him down. It, apparently it wasn't his house. It was an was, Airbnb. It was an Airbnb. They couldn't track him down through Airbnb. They can't, they don't know who this person is who she went on a date with his online profile disappears he's gone his phone's no longer working he's he's MIA he's completely tr- like a true ghosting and they don't know who this secret man of mystery is that fed his date human flesh right. allegedly and i called bullshit on this and i we, this is the first time we'd ever told a story <laughs> that was like such hearsay and i was like we can't be telling scaring people off with these like Stories that we don't, we can't verify. Didn't happen to us. Didn't happen to a friend. But Angela was like, you know what? No, it's such a crazy story. I got to tell it. But I'll be very transparent that like, I don't know if this is true. And now you're telling me you have an update? So I I have an update, not from the person that I heard the story from, but from our listeners, actually. Um, Two different listeners reached out saying that they had heard similar stories. Oh my God. So they both slid into my DMs. Are, are, I'm going to read you what they wrote first. Our listener, Brittany, wrote me and said, Hi, I'm a new listener. So She's a new listener. She probably heard that episode and was like, mm, this is for me, this oh. cannibal show. <laughs> oh my um, God. She's a new listener. She said, I just listened to the story about the girl eating human flesh. Oh, my God. LOL. In college, I heard a very similar story. In this story, the girl made out with a guy that she met at a bar and the next day broke out in a rash around her mouth. The doctor said it was a virus passed on from oral contact with a corpse. So basically, the guy was a necrophiliac. At first, I thought it was real. But now, it's just I think it's just a cautionary tale people tell about not letting your guard down too much. Oh my god! So, but this is like—is this like modern day fairy tales or like Grimm's, urban legends? Grimm's brother, like like urban legends of like you know uh, your stepmom is gonna try to you know throw you know leave you in a forest and you'll have to like find your way home from breadcrumbs right. like right. Hansel and Gretel or you know be careful uh, you you know if you want candy it might be a witch's house who's actually going to try to like you know throw you in an oven is that like what this is kind of I mean more I think along the lines of like a darker like urban legend like going trick-or-treating finding a razor in your Snickers bar you which know? my dad which- inspected all of my candy Apparently there was one real story where that happened and that's where that came from, which leads me to think that there must have been one real story like this and then maybe it has grown into urban legends since then. You had another listener that reached out An- to you? So then another listener named Meg, hi Meg, wrote to me and she said, hey, love your podcast. I looked up that dating human flesh horror story and I found a thought catalog article on it. 
I don't know how real it is, but with all the psychos out there and my own personal dating nightmares, I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. Just had to share. And she sent it to me. And the story is almost exactly the same without like the Airbnb detail. But this story is from 2016. So what I'm thinking is either this is way more common than we realize and there's like a ton of people out there feeding people human flesh or... Which I don't think is the it's case. all bullshit and it's just somehow spread like urban legends do. I don't know what it says about me. When I heard this story, I fell for it. There was not a question in my mind. I was like, whoa, well, this we, is crazy. When and we then had the psychic on the show and, I then, fell for and it. then after after the show ended, we both asked to talk to our grandmothers who have since passed. And it was such bullshit. I was so angry after that somebody would like mess with my emotions that way or try right. to like pretend they're talking to my my beloved grandmother and it was such bullshit because she asked like she's like I you know somebody religious neither of our grandparents were whatever it was just such bullshit but Angela fell for it and I had to like you know show her the light so I guess I'm not I, as cynical as I think I, I am it's so funny because I don't think of you as a gullible person I'm I think not. of you as as like a cynical questioning mm, I call BS person but it turns out that's me I, I know. It turns out I'm the BS person and you're the gullible one. I also heard this, thought? this story from a pretty reliable source, but of course it wasn't her story. It was like a friend of a friend's story. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah, everybody that I've since told, including you and Ian, uh, have immediately been like, this is bullshit. So I don't know. Believe what you want out there. Either way, maybe don't eat over at somebody's apartment no no this goes <laughs> against everything sure. we do on well yes until you're sure like definitely not on like a first date but this goes against everything you know on the podcast yes we want people to be safe and cautious of course don't do stupid shit don't like wire somebody money if you've never met them because they're like oh i want to come like visit you wire me like you know five grand so I can like get a plane ticket, whatever, you know, yeah, like don't do that. Don't don't like fall for fraud. Don't you know, if you're meeting someone for the first time, do it in public space. Just don't be a dummy. Be smart about shit. Of course, we advocate for that. But I don't want to scare people off because we no, also try right. to make, you know, remind people that dating can be fun. And we want to bring like the fun and the humor back into dating. And so that is true. Telling people that they're going to get they're going to like eat human corpses. I don't I'm not saying you guys are going to eat human corpses. I on my third date with Ian, he cooked me dinner. So obviously, I mean, this is before I heard this story. But (laughs) oh, my God, (laughs) if I had heard this story, most likely what I would have done was use this as an icebreaker. Okay, there you go. While he was cooking, I probably would have been like, hey. There's no human flesh in there, right? Want to hear a crazy story? Oh, my God. And then told him the story. And then I would have watched his reaction. Well, you need to have a knife in your pocket because, like, cannibals need to kill people, too. Like, this cannibal supposedly, like, got off on not killing people also and watching them eat the human flesh. Whatever. This is so dumb and this is going to give me nightmares. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, it should, like, I think that the fact that more people have heard this story should should make you feel better. That it's not true. It's definitely, like, kind of bullshit yeah okay i'm glad that that you have come to see the light that this story is bs just just interesting um anyway what what do you want to so angela you and i have a have a sex toy that we both equally love the satisfier the satisfier now our friends over the satisfier have since sent us like multiple different satisfiers too many that I, I don't need like a drawer full of 20 satisfiers, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to be wasteful because, yes, I want to test out all their new products, but I don't want to like use a product once and then throw it away because I don't want to be like some person with like, I don't need a drawer full of like 20. Right. Vibrators. I, I it's just a giant you know, box in my hallway currently that I keep tripping over, just a giant box of vibrators. Yeah. I'm all about like minimalism. So I need like two, maybe three. Right. You know? So anyways, I got a bunch of new ones and I gave them to my friend. Let's call her Tiffany. And it's funny because nobody anymore names their kids Tiffany. That's like clearly a name from the 90s <laughs> or the 80s. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, Tiffany uh, is dating a new guy. And she, she was like, I'm going to bring these 
over to his house for like a sexy date night. And I was like, okay, all right. I like it. Fun. And she's like, I texted him a picture and she like sent me the picture that she texted him of like the satisfier toys and was like, thank you so much for giving me these. I texted him and was like, let's have a crazy night. But one of them was the big one that like looks like a penis. Okay. And I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, did tell me you didn't text him this already. I'm just a little nervous because I, I think if you're going to incorporate toys with a guy that you just kind of recently started dating, you don't really want to, you want to like start slow and guys might get intimidated by a one, by ones that like look like a dick. You should maybe start with ones that are like, are maybe a little bit smaller and more vibrate just so like they don't think that it's like replacing the dick. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And anyways, she was like, what? I've never even thought about that. And I was like, you know what? I need to get Angela's opinion on this and to see if I'm giving good advice or bad advice. I think it depends on the guy. I think it's a little silly if a guy is intimidated by a a sex toy at all. Well, yes, but I think if you're going to like start slow with them, like – like, you know, the, the the satisfier that we love, it's like a suction-y thing. Yes. And it, it kind of looks like a really tiny boomerang. Would you agree with that? Kind um, of? No? Yeah. and you can Or like a tiny hair dryer. <laughs> yes. That's actually more accurate. <laughs> like a really, really <laughs> tiny hair dryer. But it doesn't look like a dick. Like it's right. not like a big. And it's also the kind of thing that you can use while you're having sex with somebody. So he can, you know, you're like, you can use your penis. Yeah. Uh, in addition to this. Thing. I saw a tweet recently that really made me laugh. It was like having sex with a woman is basically trying not to interrupt her while she fully masturbates. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. So I get how like, yeah, if it's something that you're inserting, maybe he feels a little left out. Well, but she it said might she be wasn't exciting for him to like, you watch. know, do that and, and then have sex. She said she wasn't even going to insert it. It was more just like she was going to use like the big look dick looking thing as like just the vibrator Uh, i was like well then you don't need the big dick looking thing you just like need a tiny vibrator but she disagreed and now you're disagreeing so i'm thinking like maybe i'm wrong i would be curious to know what you male listeners think like would you if someone's gonna bring a sex toy does it matter what it looks like is it okay if it looks like a big penis I would love to pull our male listeners on that. I want to know. Guys, write in because... Well, needless to say, she was like, I already texted the picture and it was two sex toys. One that, one that I was like, you should just bring this one. It was like small and tiny and a vibrator and kind of like looked like a vagina, you know? Like it uh-huh. looks like a... Uh, what's like the animal in the sea? Like a stingray. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like the shape of a, sing- of a stingray. Okay. Like a triangle. Like a diamond. Like... Uh-huh. like a little smaller than a hand. But it was like a vibrator. A vibrator. And then the other one was one that like looked like a penis. So I was like, I think you should just bring the vibrator if you're going to use them both as vibrators anyway. And she was like, well, I already texted the picture, so too late. And then three hours later, she's like, "Mm," and I got my period. So (gasps) now our fun night's not going down. Which, you know, I was like, she's like, not going down, I think. Because if he's up to it. Because if he's up for it, like, mm, well, maybe it'll still happen. So anyways. But um, yeah, I was just curious to know if you thought I was giving good or bad advice. Um, you know, And you know what? I just, I have never been so bold as to even try and incorporate that kind of stuff until I was like seeing somebody for a while. So that's also maybe skewing my perspective. Yeah. But I think it's awesome that she did. Yeah, I know. Good for her. All right. We're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're jumping into what's in the news. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is encouraging folks to make it easily create a website all by yourself. Are you ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. Get started with Squarespace. Angela and I love creating websites on Squarespace. We've done it with many, many websites. If you want to check out some of the websites that we have made using Squarespace, you can go to our thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com Website, you can go to my personal, lauralane.com, Angela's personal website, angelaspare.com. It's just our names. Uh, I also created my wedding website, nicklovesLaura.com on Squarespace. What else have I created? I have Your uh, feminist fairy tales. Feminist fairy tales book.com using Squarespace. So anytime I launch a new thing, 
be it a marriage or a business sketch show product, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I create a Squarespace website. It makes me feel profesh. Yes. And I think that if you're dragging your feet on a creative project, a good easy way to like make it real and like start and take the first step is by creating a website. And Squarespace makes it really easy. Uh, you don't have to know anything about building a website. They give you these beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers. So your website's going to be looking great. They have built-in search engine optimization so people can find you on the internets and 24-7 award-winning customer support. That's right. Whether you're a podcaster, a chef, or an architect, Squarespace can be great to help out your business. We're hooking it up. All you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash single to start your free trial today. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code single to get 10% off your website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash single and use offer code single to get the hookup. All right, Angela, what are you reading about in the news? I was reading Bustle. Oh, we love Bustle. We love Bustle. And Amanda Chattel was writing about facts about your clitoris you were never told in sex ed. I would like to know a few of these facts. Yes, I'm a big, I would say my favorite body part is my clitoris. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's a bold statement that. Uh, I don't think people would disagree with. But I don't feel like I know enough about it because as it's this your favorite body said, part, then you don't know enough about it. This I'm is a always excited to learn more because they don't talk about that in sex ed. All they talk about is like, you know, how you can get pregnant, but they don't talk about like pleasure during sex and, and the clitoris. One of the fun facts about the clitoris is that it only exists to give pleasure. Uh, it's literally just there for people to have an orgasm. There should be more body parts like this. Right. And like more accessible ones, although that might influence your daily life in a negative way. I don't know. But okay. Number one fun fact about your clit, it's far bigger than you might have thought. We've actually talked about this before on the podcast that uh, basically the clitoris, like what's outside, it's like the tip of an iceberg and there's so much more going on beneath the surface. Right. Like the muscle or the the. I don't know. It has like roots. Roots. Like a tree. Like a tree. Okay. okay. Um, so there's a whole four inches more of erectile tissue that lies just behind the little nub that's uh, above so external. don't just give love to the nub exactly. oh my god this should be like a, that kind of don't just give love to love to the nub that should be like that a, could be a best-selling sex book <laughs> <laughs> that could be our next book can we can we like trademark that here and now we can get our squarespace website set up already um yeah so it's it, so it says um it has two legs, your clit, two bulbs, foreskin glands, nerves, blood vessels, a shaft, and the capacity to become erect. So you can get a lady boner. I um, love that. All right, give me, tell me a couple more facts. Okay, yeah, we're not going to do. We're not going to do all nine because well, that's just a the lot. ones, just the ones that are interesting that you didn't know about. Because if you didn't know about them, then I think most people didn't know about them. Well, it's funny because I feel like we talk a lot about how like it's harder for women to have an orgasm than men. Like men is just like, oh, take my penis and but uh, I came. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> not all men, but that's the stereotype. Uh-huh. Uh, but apparently. The clitoris has twice as many nerves as a penis, um, and they're also very long. The clitoris has twice as many nerves, um, and if those 8,000 weren't enough, they are connected to a very large network of 15,000 more nerves. These are far-reaching nerves that can induce more than one type of orgasm. Uh, very this is exciting. Very, yeah, that, that's Good news. Yes. Uh, not every clitoris enjoys direct contact because not every clitoris is the same. We can't expect every clitoris to respond the same way. We all are snowflakes. Yes. Yeah, some might be overly sensitive. Exactly. Right? And some might some might need like a little extra attention. Some might need a little less. This is why it's so good to communicate with your partner. You might think like, you know, oh my God, I'm so good at like going down on chicks or But not whatever. every chick's the same. But not every chick's the same. So you can't, you know... You can't be a master unless you are uh, the Kenneth Play, Kenneth Play, who we've <laughs> the had, squirting expert, who we've had on the podcast. But but I think like his whole thing and a lot of his advice. Yes, he tells you you know go slowly, uh, counterclockwise or clockwise. I don't even remember. Yeah. But uh, he really seems like he knows what he's doing. A lot of it is so much being in tune with the woman and paying attention yes. to the woman. So. Um, you know, that's overlooked. Because not only is every clitoris different, every woman doesn't want the same thing all the time. Exactly. So yeah, they say like pressing, flicking, and encircling the clitoral head can be arousing, but it can also be annoying or uncomfortable at times. So uh, suggestions that they have are to 
um, touch in indirect stimulation. So you, it says pull the skin of the mons to stroke the hood over the erect shaft at the peak of arousal. That's All right, go another home. I know. Go home and Google what Google the, half what those things are. Google what um, the mond is because I don't even know. But yeah. the point is, I think is like do some stuff around the. The bulb, yeah, the, li- the little, yeah. bu- just, do some stuff just around rub the around. button. Yeah, rub around the button, not always on the button. Yeah, good advice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is all very interesting. Any other like last facts, or was that pretty inclusive? Um, well, oh, you, you know what? Know? I actually just shared this one at dinner, so I'm going to share it with you guys. That apparently clitoral and vaginal orgasms are connected because you know we talk about how like it's very difficult for women to have a, a vaginal orgasm. It, in fact, the stat that they have here is 70 to 80% of women need clitoral stimulation to climax. But apparently, even when you have a vaginal orgasm, it's still technically a clitoral orgasm because it's the result of clitoral stimulation, but from the inside. That is so fascinating. So it's basically like the women that can have uh, that can have an orgasm just from just from you know, inserting the penis. Yeah. It's mostly just like their roots maybe yes. go in a, like a different way. Right. That and like maybe is, the penis is just hitting in a certain way that's like hitting the back of your clitoris basically. Oh my God. This is that, that is a game changer for me. And right? it kind of makes me feel better. I'm like, look, my roots don't touch the inside of my vagina. So you exactly. know, get with it. Yeah. Try You need to find my roots, buddy. Yeah. Find the roots. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all good information. You yeah, want to know what I've been you. reading? Yes. What are you reading? So I've been reading the New York Times. This is an article by Spencer Greenberg and Seth Stevens Davowitz. It's called, You Are Not As Good at Kissing As You Think, But You're Better at Dancing. So okay. they looked at a bunch of studies that have tested when people tend to be overconfident and when people tend to be underconfident, which I find very fascinating. There was great variation in how people assess their relative skills at a task. On average, people rated themselves better than 75% of others in their ability to use a computer, for instance. Mm. So everyone thinks they're they're pretty tech savvy, but people rated themselves better than only 32% of others in their ability to knit a sweater. So, Hmm. you know, even the best knitters might think that they're no good. Uh, People tended to overestimate how they compared with others in their ability to dodge a fraud, win a trivia contest, or cuddle. You think you're a pretty good cuddler, right? Who who doesn't think they're a good cuddler? It's I I would think it's hard to be bad at, but Uh, apparently, you know, you could be a bad cuddler. Yeah. Uh, But they tended to underestimate how they ranked in their ability to predict the outcome of a sporting event, win a fist fight, or a dance. And I can vouch for this because I, Angela and I, one time did an arm wrestling contest, (laughs) and I thought. For show, I got this. I got and I thought, for show, I'm going to lose. <laughs> I work out with a personal trainer. I do yoga. I lift weights. And this I chick don't. <laughs> who doesn't work out, like literally, like within five seconds, I was like, oh, I'm going to lose. <laughs> She's secretly strong or at, like, I don't even understand. I think it was like adrenaline. We had a crowd around us. Yeah, but I had adrenaline too. And I was like, yeah. I'm losing this and I don't understand how, but, um, yeah, apparently you don't need to work out to be strong because no. Angela is strong as shit with win a fist fight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, people tend to be overconfident on skills that reflect one's underlying personality or character. This help explains why people overestimate how they compare with others in their ethics, their reliability as a friend and their value as a human being. Women think that they're better than other than most other women in understanding other people's feelings, cooking a delicious meal and child rearing. Men are less confident than they outrank uh, that they outrank other men in these tasks. So, that's that's interesting. I mean, I definitely hmm. think I'm like a pretty good mom. I feel like maybe you have to have a kid to get that overconfidence because I feel like I, I, you're you're deaf better than me. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, maybe it's once you have the kid. Because yeah. I definitely was like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then once right. I had it, I was like, I got this. I well, got this. Good. Okay, do you want um, to guess a couple things that people tend to be overconfident about? To guess? Okay. Do you want to, like, name things and I'll guess if they're over or under? I'll just tell you. Okay. <laughs> people tend to be overconfident about having interesting conversations, getting an animal to like them. Which oh no can't you don't you do you know people like I'm such a dog or like dogs love me and it's I like and then your dog's like rawr, 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 rawr. I feel like dogs are drawn to me on the street it's yes, like a secret see, that I'm go. like all dogs love me there you go I'm like Snow White you're you fall into this <laughs> um they are overconfident uh I've already said this one but falling for a fraud winning a game of trivia 
overconfident about kissing, driving, using a computer, being a reliable friend, and controlling their emotions when it's useful to do so. Uh, People are underconfident about predicting which sports teams will win, saving the human race from destruction, which I found. uh, That's a healthy thing to be underconfident, I guess. It's almost impossible. You probably can't. We're screwed. Dancing, driving a race car, running long distances, playing soccer, painting a portrait, making a billion dollars. These all seem like hard things. Quickly reciting the alphabet backwards from memory. Mm. Well, you know what? Of that list, though, the dancing one is cool. That means I'm a better dancer than I think I am. Exactly. And I definitely don't think I'm a good dancer at all. You. So I've been told I don't move my feet. So you know I move what? the top half of my body. But maybe that means that's okay. That's enough. That's enough. And that's fucked up that people told you this. I know. Well, back in my hood rat days. <laughs> And we used to go to the club and I'd people, be, were, people I'd just were like, be you don't move your feet. I'd be shimmying the top half of my body. And I had a friend that was always like, you don't move your feet. <laughs> it's like, well, I got a good spot. I'm planted here. Uh, you know what? According to this, you could go on Dancing with the Stars and win. Good. That's a dream of mine. All right. It is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BioClarity. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Angela, my favorite thing that happened recently was I saw Ian, your fiance, who I hadn't seen in quite a while. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, Laura, good to see you. I'm like, hi. He's like, what do you think of my skin? I'm like, looks good. He's like, it's BioClarity. I'm like, are you a walking poster board for our sponsors? He kind of is. And I, I do always encourage him to add uh, do you like my skin? It's BioClarity. Use code single at checkout. Yeah. When he when he meets when he hasn't seen people in a while, he yeah. just immediately just say a walking that. billboard. Uh, so Ian and I actually both use the Essentials routine from BioClarity. It's for normal to dry skin. It comes with everything that you need to nurture, hydrate, and restore your skin. It's a three step regimen that is packed full of detoxifying and calming nutrients, antioxidants, and a super special ingredient called Floralux, which is from plants. You can only find Floralux in BioClarity. It's absolutely more than just a cleanser. It nourishes and soothes skin. It also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evens out skin tone and texture for a healthy glow, just like Ian's face. Uh, There are three steps to this process. It's cleanse, restore, and hydrate. Guys, get a healthier, more radiant skin by going to BioClarity.com. And right now, our listeners will save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal. But you need to enter our code SINGLE at checkout. So go to BioClarity.com to get 40% off of skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use the code SINGLE at checkout. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Brooklinen. Guys, you spend about one-third of your life in sheets. It's time for a bedding upgrade. There are two very important things you guys do in your sheets. You sleep and you hook up with people. You have sex. I mean, you can do those things anywhere, I guess, but a lot of times they happen in your sheets. I told this story a long time ago, but one time Angela and I were in LA to do like some pitch meetings and we met up with a guy that I had like very briefly dated in college and he was like yeah I'll never forget Laura she had these like you know cheesy satin like Hugh Hefner sheets. They were black satin if I remember correctly. God, I wanted to die. I had forgotten that those were my sheets but I was for like a very long time very into like satin sheets. I had these like light pink red and black. I like would switch them out and he remembered my like cheesy sheets and that's how he knew me and I was like Oh my God, like eight years later, you remember what kind of like cheesy ass sheets I have. So like people remember your sheets apparently. They do. I'm sure they're good ones. I remember a lot of people's sheets, you know, it's like you said, you spend a lot of time in the bed doing things. Yeah. So have nice sheets like Brooklinen. Yeah. So Brooklinen is luxury sheets without the luxury markup. Most bedding is marked up as much as 300%, which is crazy. Uh, Brooklinen was the first DTC bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great product and service. Uh, sheets don't that don't just feel great; they look great too. You can mix and match over twenty-five plus colors and patterns to make your bedroom just right. Um, I follow Brooklinen on Instagram because they release like when they have uh, new designs or when they have a design that's like 
uh, that they're retiring, they'll do a discount on it. So you, you snatch them up. They have they they're just they have the most unique designs. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Snatch them snatch them up, uh, guys. My Brooklinen sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Now it's time for your upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just to our listeners. Get ten percent off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code Your Single at Brooklinen.com. That's Y O U R E Single. Uh, so, you know, make sure you get that R-E in there. It's not Y-O-U-R. Correct. Brooklyn is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is to use promo code YOURSINGLE at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code YOURSINGLE. Brooklinen, these really are the best sheets ever. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay, first up, we have an email from our listener. Who B. Is, oh, B. B says, I have a guy problem, I think. Uh, our first date, I didn't like him at all. I decided to give it another shot. I'm glad I did because I'm now obsessed. It's been just about three weeks, and I know things are moving kind of fast. We see each other a lot, and I have no problem with it. The issue is that he just moved here four weeks ago. I'm looking for a relationship, and I'm not sure he is since he just moved. He does have two couples he's friends with here, plus me. How do I say, hi, I know we've only been seeing each other for three weeks, but I'm, like, obsessed with you. But, like, can you tell me if you're uh, wanting a relationship with me eventually? It doesn't have to be right now. You you know, just... Uh, just, you know, in the next six to 10 weeks, will you be ready for that? <laughs> okay, B. Uh, if not, then, like, maybe we should stop seeing each other now because I don't want to be sad slash depressed for eight weeks after the after that thinking I did something wrong, that I'm not good enough, but, like, no pressure at all because I'm a cool girl and will be okay either way without sounding like a clingy, crazy girl. Um. Do I think you should say... All of that. All of that. <laughs> no. And you've only been dating him for three weeks. So can you scare people off is the question of this week's episode. And the answer is, is yes, you can. I wish I could come on this podcast and tell you, no, you can't scare people off because when they like you, they stick by you. But no, we can all do crazy things to scare people off. There's even things I'm sure that I could do that would like scare off the person I'm married to now if all of a sudden I became like a different person. <laughs> it would be harder to do because it would be more harder. commitment. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, the, the other important thing is you've been together a long time. He knows you. So if you say something crazy, it's within context of like... Great point. Yeah, he knows that you're, you're... That's not necessarily who you are or he understands where you're coming from when you say it. But when you first meet somebody... And that's one of the first things that they're getting to know about you. And that's all they have to go on. At three weeks, you're still figuring each other out. If he's, this is the thing you guys need to understand. If somebody is still dating you at three weeks, yes, in the back of their head, they are thinking about whether they want to have a relationship with you. And, but they're still figuring it out. So like, if he hasn't asked you yet, it's because he hasn't decided. So you going up to him at three weeks and saying like, do you maybe want to have a relationship with me? And like, will you decide in six to 10 weeks? Or if not, I won't, let's just like end things now. It, it's like, you can't win from that because he's, the answer is yes, he's still deciding, but that's also not a guarantee because he could decide in one week, like actually, yes, I, I did think maybe I wanted a relationship, but now I don't. And you're still in the same place that you're in. So you kind of just have to like relax and go with it because you're still trying to get it, to know each other. And to be honest, at three weeks, you should still be getting to know him and deciding yes. if you want to be in a relationship with him. And I hate the like, I get, you know, it's so many women that write in asking like, oh my God, I like I'm obsessed with him at three weeks. How do I make him my boyfriend? It's, you know, you need to be deciding whether he's the right person for you too. And, you know, it's not just about like you trying to win him over. It's he needs to be winning you over at that point too. So, yeah. I, you know, is it, do you, do you agree? I do. And just a little update. So like, like two days after she emailed us this, she sent us another email that said he dumped me already. Well, I'm curious to know if number one, if she ended up saying all this and and number two, like you, you ended up getting your answer without, if, if you didn't say all this, you ended up getting your answer without having to say this. And I don't know, maybe he like, I mean, I, I don't want to like play the blame game because maybe mm -hmm. it just wasn't a right fit and the chemistry wasn't there. And maybe in person she was like super chill around him. But I'm curious to know if like he 
picked up on like some anxiety or like desperateness or pressure, you know? Because I think that's definitely possible. And it's like a chicken or the egg thing. It's like, was she feeling all this anxiety? Because clearly from the start, it like wasn't meant to be, you know? So that's a good point. Either way, I think what you got to try and I'm a control freak too, by the way, like I get like this at the beginning of relationships, but I think that what you have to try and do is calm down, take a breath, realize that you can't control the other person. You can only control yourself. So like confronting them and asking them these questions like right away is not going to like change their decision like you like pressuring them to make a decision isn't gonna like work out in your favor it's only gonna hurt you because it's gonna like it's gonna make them feel pressured with a decision that they're trying to decide so you saying can you tell me if you're wanting a relationship with me eventually in six to ten weeks it's like if he knew that he would have already asked you to be his girlfriend exactly but if is he still continuing to see you and is he still like hanging out with you then then like that answer is yes so chill the fuck out yeah and like in six to ten weeks how would he know? He can't see the future. He doesn't know how he's going to feel in six to ten weeks. So, like, if you've been dating a guy for, like, three or three months, I would say, or more, and you don't know if you're exclusive, you don't know if they're dating other people, then, like, you can ask. Like, hey, yes. we've been dating for a few months. Like, I'm just curious. Are you seeing other people? Because, like, I don't know. I kind of like you. I'd maybe, you know, like to see you ex- exclusively. I don't really want to date anyone else. But are we on a different page? Because at this point, you know, we should kind of know if – if we're not sure about each other or if we want to explore this uh, exclusively and and see if we're like still a good fit. If you're sleeping with somebody, you can always ask them if, are you sleeping with other people? That's just a safety standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, like it it makes no sense to ask him or how, how are you going to feel in six to 10 weeks? He doesn't know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but uh, on to the next one, B. You're gonna you're gonna meet the right guy who's hopefully not gonna make you uh, worry this much. Yeah, and try to relax. Yeah. All right. Um, what do we got next? Okay, this one is from a listener who signed herself as a woman with trust issues who is used to fuck boys. So she says, Angela and Laura, I love your podcast. It is informative, smart, and cheeky. Thank you. Thanks. Can you put that on iTunes? Yeah, please. Um, She says, I'm writing you for some advice. I met this guy. We'll call him Jason on Tinder two months ago. We've been seeing each other once a week in which sometimes we stay in and other times we go out for beers or yoga, etc. We are physically intimate but never have booty calls. However, he has never spent the night at my place. Jason is very busy since he is in PA school, which I completely am understanding of because I went to graduate school too. I want to become monogamous with him, but I don't know how to uh, initiate the conversation without scaring him off. I think he may be open to a relationship because he is uh, in his... He is about eight years older than me, so he's more mature than other guys I've dated. Also, it's a little complicated because in six months, I am moving to New York to start my PhD, and he plans on moving to Colorado to do his clinical rotations in nine months. I haven't found someone I've wanted to date in two years, so I wanted to get more invested, but I'm scared he might not want to, especially since we are both leaving. Please help. I love that she signs it. A woman with trust issues who used to... Who is used to fuck boys. All right. He's not a fuck boy. Angela, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think that if he is worried about getting more serious because of you guys both moving, that is totally normal and valid. Like, I would expect him to be hesitant, honestly, about that because long distance relationships are not for everybody. You guys have been seeing each other. How long did we say? Two months and they see each other about once a week. I mean, that's that's. Not that long to be like, I'm going to like enter into this really complicated thing with this long person, distance relationship. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, they've never spent the night. They've been, it sounds like they've had sex, but no booty calls. You know, he's a respectful guy, but it seems like it's been very casual. So, you know, they've maybe hung out eight times if they're seeing each other once a week yeah. for two months. So I think unlike our first listener, you're at a place where you can have a conversation with this guy and communicate with him about like, what 
what where are you at right now? Yeah. Jason? And like two months, I feel like is legit. It still seems super casual. And you admit that you're very, you seem very level headed about this. Whereas yeah. the first one was like, I'm obsessed with him. You know, <laughs> like you're, you know, you're taking it slow. You're used to these, you know, fuck boys. And now you're with somebody that sounds like a respectful guy. doesn't do the booty calls and all that. I think you can just say to him like, okay, when is she leaving? So she's she leaving says, in six months. So you've yeah. got kind of a while. I want you to ask yourself this question. If he, you know, you're leaving in six months. If you had this conversation now and he said, I don't really want to do long distance, would you not want to see him anymore? Or would, would that just kind of give you peace of mind? You'd still want to see him until you leave. You know what I mean? Like, would you, is this someone who you just enjoy spending time with and that even though, you know, it's not going to go anywhere, you might still want to hang out with them. And then, and then when you move, look for people in New York or do you not, are you worried about, you know, getting invested and having your heart broken when you leave in six months? Because I think she should have this conversation, but she's not leaving for six months. I would actually give this a little bit more time because maybe he'll, at this point, he might not be totally invested to want to agree to doing a long distance relationship in six months because then they'll have been together eight months, which is very different than being together two months. You know what I mean? I also think that when she has the conversation, she doesn't necessarily right now have to lead with the long distance thing. Like she could just check in and see how he's feeling about the relationship as it is right now in I general, would, like what he's looking for. That's true. Yeah, and then once they're you know sleeping that, together and stuff. Because yeah. he might be like, oh, I'm, I'm not really looking for anything more serious than what we have going on now. And then it, it would be senseless to have the long distance conversation. Oh, that's, that makes sense. You know, like that kind of comes after you've established what's going on. Because you guys aren't even official. So then to be like... To skip over the official conversation and go right to long distance feels like you're skipping a step. Yeah, that's true. Or you can just, you know, if you don't, if you, or you can just wait a little bit as another option, kind of wait and like, and, and just see if it naturally progresses into you guys becoming more exclusive and then be like, oh God, like, you know, I'm leaving in like a few months. How would you feel about that? Are you? Do you think we're gonna like still talk and stay in touch? And you know what's what's gonna happen when I leave? Like we've been hanging out nonstop for like you know four or five months. If you if you wait, but yeah, I think Angela's right. You could have the conversation now since it's clearly on your mind because you wrote into our podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, maybe don't. Yeah, don't leave with the long distance stuff if you have it now. If you want to wait, then I think you can kind of have that conversation all in one package. Yeah. Let us know what happens, though. We'll be thinking about you. Um, If any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have funny messages or uh, from an app or text messages that you want to share, you can email them to contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Please keep all your questions to a paragraph or less if you want them on the show. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is, can you scare someone off? When you really like someone, you might be constantly worried that you might scare them off, whether it's bringing up a question too soon, showing them a part of yourself you've been hiding, etc. Can you scare someone off, Angela? Yeah, you can. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you can definitely freak people out. If you come on too strong, if you are someone you said that you weren't because you, you know, you were trying to like mask an aspect of yourself, or if you change, if you become more needy or you change your desires, people might decide that this isn't for them. You know, you can you can either put too many skeletons, you know, too many skeletons from your closet up at first, or you know, uh, you know, put them all, lay them all out too soon, and people are like, whoa, I'm I don't even know, you don't need to know all this stuff, or People might find out stuff about you later on and realize that you're not who you thought you were, you know, but this isn't bad news in my opinion. I said, you know, you need to do you, they need to do them, and it's better for everyone to learn these things eventually and, and you know, realize either you're for each other or you're not. Do yeah. You, do you agree? And I think that this whole concept of scaring somebody off, I think it's much more um, a, a fear or a thing that happens early on in a relationship because of what we were talking about earlier because like people are just getting information about you for the first time so if you haven't built up a relationship and like a context for yourself if one of the first things you present is something that they don't like then it's easier to scare somebody off yeah there's still shit nick doesn't know about me you don't have to tell everybody (laughs) everything (laughs) see i think that but like you shouldn't be able to scare somebody off with something like 
frivolous. Like, no. You know, like if you revealed that if one of the skeletons in your closet was that you murdered somebody or like, I don't well, know, that you were a cannibal. I, I didn't do either of those Then that things. could then I would get that scaring off somebody that no. you've been with for a long time. Yeah, you're, but you're still a lot of little mystery. You're still, you don't have to tell everyone every single thing about you. There's still a few things Nick doesn't know. And and there's things I don't know about him, like, you know, and it's fine. Uh, I did wait. He does know a lot of my past and like some really hard stuff that I went through, especially in college. And I waited to tell him till it was like, a you know, the right setting. And, and it was also a test for me because I needed to see that he was going to be somebody that was really supportive and empathetic to some of like the hard stuff that I'd been through and he was. And so I was able to tell him some of my stuff and, and see what his response was like uh, in terms of asking to be serious with each other and exclusive. Cause that was what our listener questions were. I waited for him to ask me to be exclusive uh, and he did it when he was ready. I tried to play it cool, even though secretly <laughs> I, I wasn't. Uh, but, but you know, but then once we were exclusive, I, I did send him like some crazy ass emails where oh, yeah. like, you know, cause he was like an artist and it would be, it would be like a Friday or Saturday night and I wouldn't have heard from him the entire day. And I was like, what the fuck? I haven't heard from my boyfriend. And it's like a Friday night or Saturday night. Like, and I would like do passive aggressive things like tweeting, like hashtag Friday night. Uh. <laughs> what are my plans? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then eventually I would like send him this long email like it's Saturday night I work I have like you know my nine to five really at that time it was like nine to like t- midnight because I was like crazy hours uh and this is like my Saturday night I I want to like go out with my boyfriend I don't understand like are you seeing other people like do you not want to be with me do you actually not want a girlfriend you said you did you asked me to be your girlfriend but then like what's happening blah, blah, blah. and I was in this like crazy I I you know couldn't send it over a text or just call because I was it was too I was too confused I would send like three paragraphs and and it didn't scare him off he called me and was like hey I'm so sorry uh, the way my schedule is I'm just painting at home you know Monday and is Tuesday is Wednesday is Saturday all the days blend into each other I, you know my brain doesn't think that like oh it's a Saturday even though I know for you that's a big deal because you don't have to work uh today I you're the last person I talked to. I've been like painting nonstop for like 48 hours straight. I like you are the last human being on this planet that I've talked to. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm dating like a a very intense artist. I need to. (laughs) But also I I need to learn. So you what's important is like so you didn't scare him off in that moment. And like when I saw this week's topic, I wrote down all the times that I've scared people off. Um, What are some of them? There was like a reoccurring theme with them, which was like for most of them, it was like me being like pressuring people into giving me an answer about when we were going to start a relationship. And like, honestly, with Ian, I, I was definitely less crazy, but I did things that could have scared off somebody else. So what I learned just in like writing down those instances is that like you can only scare somebody off if they're not looking for the same thing as you, I think. Yeah, because I did scare somebody off doing the same thing with one of my crazy emails and it was uh someone I dated named Davey and Angela knows who it is <laughs> and uh we were supposed to go to like my work holiday party and I was so excited that he was coming with me and we'd been like hooking up and hanging out and like he was like all about me and then he like canceled on me last minute and I was so distraught because he had like you know I don't know some like acting thing but for me I was like this is my work holiday party like this is going to be like for me it felt like prom or like winter formal for like adults and I was so I wrote one of my long crazy emails and he basically said like I think we're like I really love hanging out with you but I think you know you're looking for something a little more serious than I was like you know I would hope you'd be like more understanding that I couldn't come to your holiday party and he was totally right and I was also totally you know we were looking for different things and he wanted to keep it more casual and didn't think it was a big deal that he missed my holiday party and on reflection it wasn't I should have been more chill but I but that kind of ended things that was like that was the end of like us hooking up and like hanging out we stayed friends it was very you know friendly but but I scared him off and with one of my crazy emails which might have been ultimately good because it just it revealed quicker than you were ready perhaps yeah you were not looking for the same thing exactly but with Nick my crazy emails didn't scare him off so you never know so every guy that you scare off might be a hashtag blessing because you're not looking for the same thing and that brings us to our reason of the week breakdown (laughs) 
You can't be freaked out if you will scare someone off because if they're going to run, then it wasn't meant to be. Angela's about to walk down the altar with Ian, but what if she found out something she didn't know about him? Ah. I'm going to test Angela's ability to be scared off in a game we call Scared Scared Off off the the Altar. All right, Angela, would you, which one of these things would scare you away? Okay. Ian can't cook. The whole time you thought he was cooking for you, he was secretly ordering takeout. Or Ian actually hates Broadway shows. Which one of these would scare you off more? Uh, I would say the first one. If you can't cook. Because I'm already aware that a lot of Broadway shows he does hate and just tolerates okay, for me. There you go. Uh, Ian gets super skinny and loses his Seth Rogen bod. <laughs> or Ian starts spitting in your face every time he talks. Uh, definitely the second one because I would be open to the first one actually. Oh, maybe you're changing your type. All right. Ian admits he was secretly dating someone else for the first month you were together, (gasps) but then he finally ended it, but you, but you didn't know about it or he wants to have a threesome before your wedding. Oh, this is a really hard one because both would be pretty upsetting for me. TBH. Uh, I think the threesome one would be harder for me to get over. Because I, then I, I would be like, oh, so like you're currently like interested in other people as opposed to you previously being interested in other people. I think I agree with you. All right. Uh, Ian is secretly a werewolf or <laughs> Ian has a purple penis. It just all of a sudden turns purple. <laughs> it's like a medical <laughs> thing that happens to him. Right. It's not like a blood circulation thing. It's nope. just... He like actually has like like a magenta purple penis okay um with all due respect to anybody out there with a purple penis the purple penis would be the deal breaker for me you would want to date a werewolf marry a werewolf yeah a little teen wolf action it could be cute all right last one ian decides to quit his job to do stand-up full-time where he talks about your marriage a la marvelous miss Maisel style Uh, would you stay with him if he was doing that? Or Ian quits his job to do a podcast where he talks about your sex life. Which one would be the deal breaker? Which one would scare you off the altar? I think the podcast one, but more so because I'm like, listen, that's my territory. Get your own thing. <laughs> touche. Uh, did I use touche correctly there? I don't think <laughs> sure. so. Um, all right. I those Ian, if you're listening, those are the things that will... That will scare Angela away. So so keep your penis a nice skin-toned color. <laughs> exactly. We hope we have cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. And you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors in the coach, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes and say nice things. We love when you do that. Yeah, and the best way that you can support the podcast because we love doing the podcast and you know, you don't have to pay for it. It's free, which we like. You know, some people do like the the paywall paywall we don't do paywall but the best way you can support our podcast is by buying our book on amazon or barnes noble and leaving a nice comment on itunes so that more people can find it and we can continue to do it but those are the two ways if you want to know how you can support us buy our book it's really cheap too it's like i don't know like 10 bucks something i mean you probably get it on sale i feel like it's on sale on amazon yeah so Please buy our book, support our book, and and leave a nice comment. Um, we, we love doing the podcast. You don't have to pay for it. We're going to keep it that way. But, but Also using our codes, our, our sponsor codes. If you if you hear about uh, a product through the podcast, yeah. just make sure you use the code when you when you buy it. Yeah, and you can find our codes sometimes change from product to product. So go to thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com slash podcast, and we put all of our codes up there, and we try to keep it updated and yeah. if you ever have a problem using one just send us an email we'll yeah. we'll try to get it fixed for you but those are the three ways you can support us and we always appreciate it yeah that's enough homework for you guys thank you for listening tune in next week for a whole new show bye, bye. this is why you're single 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 that was a headgum podcast